0: Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we get posterized in the paint by Hospitality's All-Stars.
1: This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Lily Wang, who, along with her partner Joe, opened up Nine Bar. Nine Bar is attached to her family's restaurant, Moon Palace, which has been around for quite some time, but operated by her family for the last 30 years or so. So, what kind of started as a pop-up inside Moon
0: Palace... Um, over the lunar new year has evolved into a really cool concept Mm -hmm. moon palace is still around it's takeout only and takes up the front of the building whereas nine bars in the back
1: yeah so we highly recommend you going down to chinatown to check it out and without further delay here's our conversation with lily wang This is the ninth. Nine bar. Nine. <gasps> wow. that so That is crazy.
2: We, we always joke because it's nine bar. So like anytime that something is nine, we're all just like nine. <laughs> yeah. And we've been starting to play dice sometimes after work and we made it fun where if we land on a nine, then we all take a shot. So.
1: Oh, nice. Dice was definitely a part of the post slippery slope close.
2: <laughs> oh and yeah.
1: Over time, like the staff just stopped it. At... Was it a drinking game or a money game? No, it was a Tip game? It was a money game. I mean, oh. it was like dollar bills. Yeah, we played dollars yeah.
2: and, then, and then the shots. So for us, it's a money and drinking
1: mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I like the drinking element. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for being here.
2: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: So do you always um, get around the city on bike, motorcycle?
2: Um, no, I have a car, so oh, I nice. just, today was kind of a nice day.
1: Yeah, so is it like this summertime a nice to always ride. on the
0: bike?
2: Um, I mean, it's definitely more gas-efficient.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you had any incidents on your bike?
2: Um, I had my first drop the other day, but it was just in a parking lot. It was just a patch of gravel, and my foot slipped. But other than that, luckily, no. Wait,
1: Wait so was... what's a drop? Like, just the bike dropped?
2: Literally, I just dropped it oh, onto got the ground. It. and I was very much struggling to pick it back
0: up they're heavy
2: i'm yeah and i'm weaker than i look actually so
1: (laughs) how long have you been been riding
2: um i just started at the beginning of the pandemic i was like i'm have a lot of time i'm gonna learn how to do something did you do the classes no i actually i don't have my license
0: Uh oh no
2: um i bought i just bought a bike off some it was literally like some guy in high school off Craigslist and, um, his dad, his very Polish dad had to be there overseeing the whole thing. Negotiator. And I just made, um, my partner teach me. Oh, nice. We just went to an empty parking lot and I was like, I'm going to learn. How
1: long did it day. take you to get the hang of it?
2: Um, like I felt like I was riding around the parking lot in the, in that day, but I, it took me maybe like a couple of weeks to actually feel okay going out on the streets. Yeah. The funny thing is everyone, when I was telling people like, oh, I'm going to learn how to ride a motorcycle, people are like, oh yeah, it's easy. It's just like riding a bike. But I actually don't know how to ride a bike. Oh, <laughs> so no. So I was like, this is not going to be
0: easy. <laughs> so you don't have your bike license either? I don't. <laughs> Definitely don't we, uh, I did the opposite. Shannon and I got uh, vintage motorcycles and then did the classes, got our license and everything. And then... We were ready to go, and our parents were like, No way, are you guys riding in the city? You're gonna get yeah. by a car. So, we got rid of the bikes and actually never rode them. So, you listened oh, to you your parents. Oh, you never even? Did, I did listen to my parents. Lame. Yeah, yeah, very lame. I know lame. It, was, it was very lame. But think of how bad you'd feel if, if your parents were like, Don't do it. And you're like, I won't. And then you're like, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> so I just pissed. didn't.
2: I just do the thing where I just don't tell my parents. And then when they find out, and I'm like, Well, I had blank for a year and you didn't know so and then they're like oh, all right <laughs> they're like all right for I your guess. information
0: <laughs> oh man um all right let's talk career path yeah yeah so would you consider yourself a, a lifetime bartender what was your first a gig a lifer
2: um that's what they call it in the biz yeah. <laughs> i know you're most yeah. recently <laughs> at a
0: stereo but like where does the uh where's um, the story start
2: yeah so i actually my first bar job was in college um it was a campus bar called firehouse
0: where's college
2: uh i went to u of i sorry in okay, Champaign. Cool. i think i
0: know firehouse it doesn't
2: exist anymore but yeah. yeah it was like one of the main campus bars um and i was just doing it like you know to have money in college and i was actually studying bio pre-med at the time i wanted to be an optometrist or i thought i wanted to be an optometrist i don't know what i really wanted um, and then when I graduated, I was going to take a year off and like save some money. So I started working at a bar in Chicago. It was like a sports bar called Bowl and Bear. Also hmm, doesn't yeah, exist yeah. anymore. Yeah. I know yeah. Bowlin Bear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a big trader bar downtown.
2: Yes, for sure. Um, and then I just never went back to school. How, yeah. how
0: was the experience bartending in a college? Do college kids tip?
2: Um, (laughs) well, I mean, I think just by sheer volume, it ended up being okay.
1: How about the bull
2: and bear? Um, I definitely felt a little gross working there. Just like the clientele were very, and that was, you know, a long time ago, but they were very touchy and there was a lot of like Mm -hmm. sitting in the booth with them and they did bottle service on the weekends and stuff. So, you know, that whole vibe.
0: Yeah. So then after that, where'd you head?
2: Um, then I just kind of bopped around a little, um, I worked at Untitled, I worked at Frontier, I worked at Parts and Labor, which wow. is also yeah. not existent anymore. I feel like I just make a lot of bars close. <laughs> You're the kiss of death. <laughs>
0: yeah. Parts and Labor was the, was the burger answer to Boiler Room. Yes, right? it was the burger yeah. version of Boiler yeah. Room, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't mind that place, I it. thought it was it. okay, yeah. yeah,
2: I don't, I don't know what happened, um, or, like, why it closed, but... Um, and then I was at Money Gun for a long time. Um, and then a stereo.
1: Oh, cool. Nice. were So, was Money Gun kind of the start of, like, the more cocktail side of it or parts and labor?
2: Yeah, I think it was definitely Money Gun is where I felt, like... I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I took it more seriously, I think, Yeah. And was
1: it during, like, Will's time, or was Mark around... Uh, Dustin around um, yeah
2: I was there for about three years um so I think they opened I remember they opened like in a, in March or something I can't remember what year but yeah I was maybe the first person they hired after opening so it was maybe like a month in
1: okay so Mickey I, was still doing some food there yeah
2: I crossed over with Mickey okay um there was a couple chef changes yeah And a, and a few of the the shuffles around the bar as well. So I saw, I think anytime a place opens, you always get a little bit of that. So yeah. I saw a lot of that in the beginning and then I was there for about three years.
1: Whoa. So you kind of like made it through the kind of overstaffing in the beginning, the changes.
2: Yeah, actually, I think in the beginning it was maybe a little understaffed, which is maybe oh, why they huh. hired me. It was kind of interesting. They, I mean, it's a small, it was a small place to begin with, yeah. but they had only built the two wells and so they made the the middle well. It was, like a, it was, like, a main well and then, like, a service well. And they made the main well. You were supposed to work, like, two people, or two people were supposed to share it when they had space for the third well. So yeah, they eventually like, ended uh... up building the third well. But it was a little cramped in the beginning. And, I mean, this the bar is just very small, so
1: it's always yeah. cramped. It's probably a good intro, though, to, like, cocktail side because it was an all classics menu right
2: yeah i think that was really great for me i learned a lot working there and i think is that's kind of like i said that's kind of where i started taking it more seriously and um that's also the first time that joe and i did any sort of event sorry joe's my partner um in in nine bar and in life but that was (laughs) the first time we did any sort of event there and we did like we actually um Money Gun does like this thing called Money Gun Charity Club, and we were the ones that started that. So it's like kind of cool to start that too.
1: And so Joe was there. Is that where you met?
2: No. Oh, we actually met at work. Um, I was working at a bar called Headquarters. It's like an arcade bar downtown. So we met there. We were working together.
0: Yeah. I met Joe at Billy Sunday.
2: Yeah. After Headquarters, he went to Billy Sunday. Yeah.
0: And then did he go straight from there to Blind Barber?
2: Yes, okay. I believe so, yeah.
0: And then Nine Bar. Right?
2: Yeah, in met- while we were waiting for Nine Bar to open, he was helping out at our friend's bar, Moonflower, on the north side, and then um, his other friend's bar called Bearded Lady, on um, also very north, but like northeast. Um, but both bars had just opened, and he's good friends with both of them, so he was just kind of helping pick up shifts until we opened.
1: Coincidence that he worked at a place with Moon in the name before yeah. nine bar being a part so of moon there's palace. actually
2: a place in Chinatown that just opened up called moonflower like house but it's like a restaurant or something yeah so my mom always gets confused between like the three she's like because sometimes she'll be like talking she'll be like oh didn't joe work at moon palace instead of saying like moonflower <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm like no this is moon palace
1: <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, tell us, like, Moon Palace has been around for, it seems like, 50 years or something like that.
2: Yeah, um, I'm not exactly sure how long it was around before my parents owned it, but I think a couple decades, so that would put it close to the 50-year mark. Um, My parents bought it in 95.
1: Okay, so you kind of grew up, like, seeing all the operations, being in the restaurant.
2: Yeah, I was definitely a restaurant kid. I, um, like, after school... Or on the weekends and stuff, they would just bring me there. And I would be doing my homework there or just kind of, like, running around Chinatown. And sometimes, like, I would bring my friends and we would just be, like... I just think it's funny, looking back, that my parents just let us run around for, like, eight hours. <laughs> yeah,
0: in the city unsupervised.
2: Yeah, yes, exactly. And I must have been, like, seven.
1: Oh, my God. Did you enjoy being around it?
2: Um. I mean, I definitely think... Sometimes, you know, it was boring because it's like you're stuck there and you want to go home. But um, it was also fun. And I'm sure looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was cool. That was fun that I got to do Were that. your
0: parents in the uh, food industry before that? Or was it like they were they fulfilling a dream to always own a restaurant?
2: Um, I guess it's definitely a family generational thing. So my grandparents were here in the States already. Um my grandpa was in the military and then went to school in Madison. And so they had started a chain, like a little mini chain of restaurants as well. They were named after my grandmother. They were called Shanghai Minis. So there was one in Madison, I believe. And then there was like a couple here in Chicago. And there maybe have been some somewhere else. Um, So when my parents first moved here from China, they started right away just working at his, my dad's, parents' places. And I think my dad was like a dishwasher and my mom like worked the cashier, stuff like that. But um, I'm not sure if they have always wanted to do restaurants or if it was just like this is what we know and this is what we're doing. Yeah.
1: Did any of those recipes from Shanghai Minis carry over to current Moon Palace?
2: That's something I should definitely ask them about. I sometimes hear them talking about it like, oh this was the egg roll or something from Shanghai Minis. But um, I think for the most part, a lot of the recipes were actually original Moon Palace recipes and then some that my dad had, like, tweaked.
1: But Who's the more, like, creative cooking side, your mom or your dad?
2: um, Definitely my dad runs the kitchen. um, But whenever we're at home, I say that, like, I think this probably makes them mad or makes (laughs) them mad. I always think like if we're just having a home cooked meal, I think it's something about your mom's food. I, I always say, I think it's, she, she just puts more love into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret ingredient. Yeah. I mean,
1: what is the difference between like a home cooked meal that you would have and like the restaurant food?
2: Um, whenever I'm at the restaurant, you know, my dad will be like, what do you want to eat? And I always pick the most like basic things. Cause it's like, if I'm in, in my mind, I very much see like Chinese American food and more, like, traditional home-cooked Chinese food is two separate things entirely. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I'm at the restaurant and I'm craving something, it's always, like, orange chicken or, like, crab rangoon. I feel like I eat crab rangoon, like, three times. a (laughs) week, Especially now because I'm there all the time. But um, my dad will be like, oh, what do you want? I can make you, like, you know, X, Y, Z. And I always pick something like crab rangoon or... Is he, chicken. like,
1: bummed out secretly? A little
2: bit. He's like, seriously? <laughs>
1: yeah, he, like, wants to flex.
2: <laughs> yeah, but if we're at home, you know, I I whatever they're making, I'm eating.
1: Yeah, what's, like, the regional Chinese food that is cooked at home?
2: Yeah, so both my um, parents are from Shanghai, which is definitely known for doing a lot of, like, kind of savory sweet um, and a ton of seafood, um, a ton of pork, which I think is kind of a, a lot of China. Um, so, like, my favorite dish of my dad's is um like a braised pork belly and it has like a lot of those it's very like characteristic of shanghainese food it's very um sweet and savory and it's just like pork belly that's been you know that gets braised for a few hours it's really good
1: nice um and then like what's your favorite thing that your mom makes
2: um she's really good with like vegetable stuff because she she eats more vegetable than meat so i think one thing that i really like it's i mean it's kind of like a side i guess but i'll eat it just over rice and it could be a meal it's it's like radish and edamame and i know that sounds kind of boring but that's literally it and it's like in a also a sweet and savory sauce
1: yeah i mean i feel like the sauce has got to be yeah. everything in that dish oh yeah um Yeah, that's cool. It's funny that they, like, cook different, like, there's different styles of food being cooked in different locations, whether you're at home or at the restaurant.
2: Yeah, my dad always, like, for him, it's like, it's not a meal if there's not meat or something, so it always has to have meat, and my mom is more like, I mean, she'll eat meat, but she's definitely more veg-focused.
1: Yeah. I feel like my wife is very much like there has to be meat in the meal or else it's like not a meal. Really? Yeah.
2: I feel that sometimes. Like I can definitely eat vegetarian and vegan things, but like, I feel like if I really want to get full or satisfied, there needs to be like a meaty yeah. thing.
1: I feel, I guess I feel similarly, <laughs> but I feel like that's maybe being, we were like, we've been conditioned. I feel like if you yeah. spent enough time without it, you would yeah. get used to it. Yeah. We,
0: we go through kicks where we're eating vegetarian or uh, pescatarian and then. I'm like rifling through the kitchen an hour later, looking for some sort of snack. I need
2: meat. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know if it's meat or just something more. I, yeah. I'm like at, after, I'm like, man, I feel good, and then I'm like, I need to eat again. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think that's what it is. I feel like if I don't, I mean, and yeah, maybe it's subconscious too. But I feel like if I don't have meat in the meal, I just get hungry an hour later yeah Yeah.
1: i mean my secret last night was i ate a ton of lentils but then right after i ate a ton of vanilla ice cream and that uh kept me pretty full it's it's (laughs) it's about balance (laughs) joiners podcast is brought to you by party can Party Can is a premium, batched, large format, full-flavored cocktail that uses high-end liquor, real juice, real ingredients, it's all-natural, gluten-free, it's 12 drinks in a single can, and guess what, that can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can, and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview.
0: So, can you talk a little bit about the transition into Nine Bar, and I guess how the restaurant has changed over the past I guess, when did the change start?
2: Um, I would definitely say the pandemic shifted gears a lot. Um, We get asked this a lot, and it's if, you know, we always had the plans to turn Moon Palace into a bar. And um, we really didn't and never really did until kind of the pandemic started. Um,
1: Was the first pop-up? right before the pandemic though right or that was the second one
2: um i think that was this
1: yeah that was the second or- one 2019 was the first pop-up over yes new year's,
2: yeah right? so that was the first pop-up we did um and for me it was really exciting to do something for lunar new year's with my friends and it was always something that i celebrated intimately like with my family at home so it was nice to be able to do something kind of big and like a party party and it was kind of a hard sell trying to sell it to my parents saying like, hey, you guys are normally closed this day. Can we borrow the space and do this? And I think they they legitimately thought I just wanted to throw a party and like give away f- food and drink and like use all their stuff. And they were kind of iffy about it. Um, but we had to explain like, no, this is going to be like a real thing. And it ended up being pretty good. And I think they were excited to see the place like, you know, all f- full and busy and, Um, I think that was a big turning point too, where they thought like this could be something. And then the pandemic, well, we did our second one and that was better than the first one. And then the pandemic hit, and that definitely shifted things. My parents were running a very, very skeleton crew of just them. And my brother was helping them out at the time. Uh, My brother's a chef. And so he... It was just the three of them doing, like, everything. And occasionally Joe and I would help out with, like, doing some deliveries. But it was also a time that I was able to spend a lot more time with my parents. I would go there, like, every other day because I didn't – I was out of work, too. And I would just go hang out with them. And I think that kind of evolved into, like, so what – you know, what should we do? And I think eventually it just kind of evolved into, like, well – guys are doing carry out and delivery now and it, it works. And what about using this space? And, you know, my parents are getting older. So it was kind of, it just kind of was a natural, like organic conversation and it was a way for us to be able to keep Moon Palace, but do something in addition to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Were there conversations about keeping traditions alive and like what things you wanted to change? Was there any friction there or were you guys kind of seeing the same vision?
2: No. Um, no, I I definitely do not think we were seeing eye to eye at first. I think, you know, Joe and I had all these plans. We're like, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? And f- because we think about it so much, like it was very clear in our head the vision, but for them who've been doing this for you know, 30 years the same exact way, trying to explain to them anything that we had, like any idea that we had just didn't make sense to them. Mm-hmm. And even if we like, really spelled it out or drew it out or everything. It was just like, they were just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that doesn't make sense. How
1: is that going to work? Did Nicole and Siren Betty, like, help make an argument for it? Like, once Siren Betty was involved, did your parents start to, like, picture it or uh, Um, be at peace with it more?
2: I think the renderings definitely helped. But my parents are very, like, old school and they just, all they were seeing were, like, dollar signs. So I think that kind of you know clouded everything um but i think yes the big thing about siren betty was how they were able to like give us you know drawings and diagrams and renderings the whole time and i think that was really helpful but even with the renderings they they didn't really understand what was going on till it was like the day before we opened they were like oh okay so this is (laughs) what you've been building (laughs)
1: yeah that's cool and wait is your brother involved now
2: Um, no, not anymore. He, he's, he's kind of always been like a, I'll help you guys out when you need it. Like he's the only one that's actually worked in the restaurant his whole life. Like he started as like a busboy in high school. And he, he would like kind of go do something else and then come back for a little and then that kind of carried on until present day still
1: yeah so he's still working at moon palace but just not at...
2: no he's um he's cooking somewhere else right now um for roca accord okay mm-hmm. cool and like doing sushi and i think he's definitely more passionate about that but it's uh, like if my parents ever need help or something he might come back for a day or you know help or here and there kind yeah. of stuff
1: and how was it like integrating joe into the family as Someone who is not Chinese.
2: Yeah, Uh, we we actually just did um, like an interview for um, a new magazine that Ed from Mars is starting, and I pitched the idea of what if like a lot of people ask us about you know starting it up, but what if kind of like we framed it, whereas I'm interviewing Joe about how it feels to be kind of like thrown into this, (laughs) and. I think because, you know, we've been together f- for quite some time now, it it just felt, like, pretty natural. It just felt like we were hanging out with my parents more. But I'm sure he's not saying everything. Yeah. And I'm sure it's he's a big careful. cultural dif- difference. Yeah, because my parents are very much like, well, one, there's the language barrier. But two, they're very, like, if they, if something, if they think of something, they're very much like, okay, well, we need to do this, like, now, and they yell a lot, and mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm sure he's just like, why are they always yelling? we <laughs> 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 are like, why is, and, you know, it's, it's usually a mix of, like, Chinese and English, so he's probably like, what are they saying? They're so loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where's Joe from?
2: Um, he's from the South Side in Chicago. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
2: And um,
1: did you grow up in and around Chinatown? Uh,
2: um, so I, our family home was in Skokie when I was okay. younger, oh, cool. but when I was in college, my parents moved to the South Loop. Okay. So when I came back from college, I was like in the South Loop a little, and they still live in the South Loop now, and Joe and I live in Pilsen now, so we're all in the,
0: in the area, yeah. in the vicinity. Yeah. I used to see you guys walking your dog at on like Adams. Did you guys live further north before?
2: Well, so we used to live right behind you, actually. Yeah. Um, Wade lives there Wade now. lives there now. Yeah. yeah. We lived in the Paramount Lofts.
0: Oh right! right. Yeah, okay, I think right so.
2: We would door. see you in the alley sometimes. Yeah.
1: yeah. You saw Tim huffing glue in the alleys.
2: No. <laughs> I, I was Whippets by, by the up. dumpster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Tim didn't want anyone to see that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> did uh, so? Did the menu change at, when you shifted to carry out, or is the menu can, is it a full menu? Did you pare um, it down at all? Full
2: menu. We did pare it down, but pa- by paring it down, I mean like maybe we took off ten <laughs> things and a. Grand scheme of like a hun- over 100. Yeah. Um, we just took away some of the stuff that was ordered less frequently with like products that were less, you know, less easy to get. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like that you didn't routinely carry. And yeah. Stuff.
2: Like stuff like with abalone and, you know, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Stuff that wasn't really ordered, anyways. But for the most part, you know, if you're normally a long time customer of Moon Palace, anything that you would have normally ordered is still available.
1: And if you're sitting at like if you're in nine bar, let's say, can you order stuff from the carry out menu from Moon Palace or you have to order the nine bar menu of food?
2: Um, the latter. Yeah. You. I mean, you can order it to go, and but you can't it. eat it. Oh, you well, can. you can't eat it inside. Yeah. We just our, our space is very limited and we have everything now at Moon Palace is packaged in to go stuff. So it's just kind of. One, we want to keep the identities separate, but two, yeah. it just it's kind of a big mess if you if you're trying to open like six carry out containers <laughs> yeah. at, on a, a table that's like this big, and mm-hmm. then yeah. people are like, "What's that? <laughs> what are you doing?" And I think it also makes people think that they can like bring in their own food.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough.
2: But I think one thing that we have noticed a lot is, especially like you know, if people come around happy hour ish time, like early after or early evening. Um, they'll have a few drinks and then kind of order Moon Palace. And while they're waiting, they'll finish up their drinks and kind of head home. Yeah. And I think I always think that's like a great idea.
1: Yeah, it's a smart play. Yeah,
2: if I lived in the area, that like after work, that seems amazing. So.
1: Yeah. Um, and then yeah. So like, what was the original kind of idea for Nine Bar? Like, what
0: what like did you elevator guys, pitch? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs>
2: um, I think like, you know, when you're just in the biz, you're always like, well, it'd be cool if someday we had a bar and it was like this or like, and then when you start getting those wheels turning, every time you go to a bar, you're like, oh, we should do this. Or like, oh man, like take a picture of that. Like, that's cool. And so just kind of over the last six years, Joe and I just had like all these little tiny bits and pieces of things we wanted to do. And it was you know, obviously way before we even thought of nine bar or anything or even having, because we even started the pop-up without ever thinking about this being like our physical space, um, or like, you know, a brick and mortar someday. And I think once we kind of decided that we were going to use the moon palace space that molded a lot of our ideas.
1: Yeah. Like the space, yeah. Influenced there were natural limitations. Yes. place. Yeah. Um, and then like, as far as the drink menu, do you guys collaborate equally? You and Joe, how does that work out?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, the benefit of running the pop-up was we kind of had an extended R&D period and, um, we were able to, I think one day we like really looked, sat down and we're like, how many drinks have we made? And it was upwards of like 70 or 80. And from there, we just kind of picked our favorites and, it was a mix of, like, stuff we thought was really cool and then stuff that was, like, actually the more popular stuff. Um, and and the things that made sense for, like, an actual bar menu. So... Not a 20-touch drink. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually very... Our, like, kind of whole ethos is the opposite of that. We're just, like, as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, we... I think... We definitely, when we were running as a pop-up, it was more equal. And I think now, just kind of the way our roles are, um, it's definitely more Joe. Um, We we haven't changed our menu or anything yet, but I, I imagine moving forward, if we change stuff, that'll be more on Joe.
1: And are there certain things that have been more popular than you anticipated or things like certain drinks that are selling much better than you thought or worse than you thought? Ingredients that are more challenging to people.
2: Um, honestly, it's it's not a huge menu. I think it's about 12, 12 or thirteen drinks. But Thanks. everything's been pretty popular, like equally. Some of the stuff that we think like for example there's like a mezcal negroni and i think it's really it's like a white mezcal negroni that we infuse with like a lemongrass tea and i think that's really cool and and in my mind i'm like oh mezcal everyone loves mezcal that's but, the
1: ray Compare Espadine one yeah mm.
2: but that's probably ordered less frequently i mean there's still a lot of people who really like it but yeah. in my mind i thought that would have been like a banger but yeah um
1: i know it's just always <laughs> funny to me like you put something out, you think something yeah. extremely popular, and it's not, or vice versa.
2: But the things that are the most popular, I'm not surprised by either. It's one that has, like, vodka, strawberry, Campari, and Thai basil. It's like, of yeah. course. Like, I, I, I can literally take one and, like, drink it in one sip. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other drink, which is kind of like a spicy margarita. And it's like, that's obvious that that's going to be a big hit.
1: Yep. For sure.
2: So... It's hard to say, but honestly, for the most part, I feel like everything gets ordered fairly equally.
1: Are there things that you are looking to change already, like stuff that you've learned in the short time that it's been open and you're like, all right, we got to work on this, like these are projects for the future?
2: Um, so far, no. I feel like Joe and I, because we're both very anxious people, <laughs> we always think of, like, well, what could go wrong or, like, yeah. how how do we prepare for this? It's it's never, like, if it happens. So it's always, like, how do we prefer, prepare for this when it happens? Yeah. <laughs> and so we always, you know, we think way too far ahead. Um. So, so far, no, we're good. That's solid. <laughs> I think, I mean...
1: I think it helps being closed two days a week, like, so that you can address things when you're not running all the time. That was a mistake uh, for us in the beginning. I feel like we just, everything was always seven days and it's like, it's cool in theory, but then there's no downtime to like fix stuff. Or if you do, you have to like do it, you know, at three in the morning and hopefully something will, you know, take less than 12 hours to fix.
2: I think had, you know, the pandemic not happened, we probably would have, thought to do seven days as well but it just seems so many places you know are closed you know two or even three days a week so it just seemed kind of natural but also i mean it's hard because to say because of the neighborhood it's pretty quiet during those days anyways
0: yeah yeah what what's the clientele been like have you guys been embraced by chinatown locals
2: yeah, honestly, I think that's my favorite part in this whole experience so far. I had no idea what the clientele was gonna be like and I really didn't know what to expect at all. And I just think we have one of the most diverse crowds of anywhere I've worked so far. And it's it's really, really cool. And and it's something that people actually other people mention all the time. They'll come in and say like, wow, the, the crowd here is so like, you know, diverse, interesting, cool, whatever. Um, but yeah, we have kind of, it's, it's a true kind of like cross section of what that area of the South side is like, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of just like demographics. And we definitely, the thing I was most worried about was going to be the response of, of the actual locals in Chinatown. I wasn't sure if, you know, for so long I was nervous because I was thinking, well, there hasn't been a bar here is it because they don't want a bar here or or what Um, but we've actually been embraced a lot by the neighborhood Um, it definitely skews towards like the younger population but I get really excited too when I see kind of like an older Chinese group come in and you think they're going to hate on everything but they really enjoy the food and the drinks and it's really exciting to me
0: <laughs> i feel like it's kind of a, a perfect transition it's not like you guys closed down a restaurant and opened up a bar it's like a half and half kind of a hybrid i feel like yeah. that's probably why it's been kind of embraced well yeah and it's still culturally like
2: relevant <clears throat> yeah relevant right, right. on yeah.
0: the same you didn't you know. open a headquarters in china yeah exactly
2: yeah i think that was important to yeah. us too to you know to and this is why we always describe ourselves as asian-ish like <laughs> We definitely have a lot of Chinese and Asian influence, but I didn't want it to feel too. I didn't want you to feel like you're coming to a Asian bar because you're in Chinatown. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely been some negative. I guess kind of feedback too, I remember I think the first week or two that we were open because our door, our door person stands out front like sometimes outside of the building and there's definitely a few people it'd be like you know an older Chinese person they'd be walking by and they'd be like oh what's going on here they would ask our door person and the door person would say, Oh, it's like a new bar. It's behind whatever. And then they would just be like, Oh, bar bad. <laughs> and they uh-huh. like, just keep walking.
1: Bar bad. Yeah. Bar bad. That'd be a great name for a bar. Could, yeah, yeah that could bar. be your next bar's name. <laughs> bar bad. Yeah. Bad bar. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with
0: aid from the European Union. uh what are your do you have favorite spots in chinatown when i go down there i never i mean sometimes i'm going to a specific restaurant but sometimes i'll just go down and wander around and i'm like man this is overwhelming there's so many restaurants how do you navigate that landscape if
2: i'm not mistaken i think um chinatown has the largest amount of restaurants per whatever area square foot or something Mm -hmm. um so yes it's definitely overwhelming and even for me who's there all the time i just get very overwhelmed trying to try places Mm -hmm.
0: um do places specialize in certain dishes or or um
2: yeah i would say definitely regional um restaurants like some will kind of for example like northern food or like sichuan food Mm -hmm. um i have been noticing i think more some of the newer places opening up are kind of doing that now instead of being the all-encompassing Chinese menu that has a bajillion things. Um, there's more f- kind of more focused Chinese restaurants, and I think that's cool. There's one that opened up a couple down doors down from us called Yao Yao, and it's, it specializes in a steamed – or sorry, it's like a pickled fish stew kind hmm. of dish. So I feel like that's really niche, and it's kind of cool. Um,
1: Where's the best hand-pulled noodle place right now?
2: Um, There's a couple of noodle shops that I really like right now. I really like Min's Noodle House. I actually have not been inside. I've only ordered delivery. <laughs> but everything I've had from there is really good. Um, I don't know if they actually hand pull their noodles, but... Um, they're very good noodles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like okay, there was that one shop that was kind of like near the original, like Lao Szechuan across from it. There was like a hand pulled noodle place for a second and it's like, it's all the rage. And then, yeah. you know, like however many months later, it's like not there. Oh. I feel like sometimes like things just, yeah, it's, it's like so quickly there's evolving. A lot of,
2: there's definitely a lot of quick, um, turnarounds and, and honestly, even in this last like year or so, I feel like there's so many things opening up. It's hard to keep up. Um, I know like, If you ever want, like, a cheap quick bowl, Slurp Slurp is really good. And I know they make their noodles there. Um, It's more like noodle soup and stuff, but it's pretty good. Um, There's also a new noodle spot called Noodle Creations. They're kind of more broad category noodles, but everything I've had from there is good, too.
1: What's, like, Joe's go-to if he's, like... We're going out to eat in Chinatown, not at our place, somewhere else.
2: I don't know if I've ever heard Joe say that. <laughs> I'm trying to think <laughs> Does of Does Joe one not like Chinese food? No, it's not that. I just can't I feel like he just goes wherever I'm like, hey, we're going here. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're the authority. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, what's your go like let's say um, you're like, it depends what boom. we're
2: eating. I think um I think the time we go out most in Chinatown is probably for dim sum. And I really like Phoenix. It's right behind...
1: You like Phoenix better than Ming-Hin?
2: Um, for different reasons. I really like Phoenix because of one thing that they have that that hin doesn't. And it's the barbecue pork bun that has the crispy sweet top. Okay. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. That's from... a
1: great pro tip.
2: Yeah. So that's honestly, if Ming-Hin had that, I'd probably go to Ming-Hin much more. But of the two, I usually... Those are the two that I like and recommend a lot.
1: Yeah. What's your order? give it to um,
2: us if i okay if i could choose everything that yeah I like wanted, let's say you're
1: there with your whole family i feel it's like we always have to get
2: haka and, and uh shumai, and then if, yeah if we're there with my family we always get like the spare ribs that's the black pepper ones um we always get the ginger tripe the pork buns i also really like the buns that have the like yolk custard have you had that I don't think so, oh, it's so good. It's like kind of like a salted yolk custard. Mm. um and then when you like open it, it's like liquid. You have to eat it like right when they put it at the table so i'll I'll always wait till like halfway throughout the meal because it is kind of desserty. yeah, you gotta wait till yeah, it. and then you like open it and it's like just dripping out. It's so good. Mm. Um, I like the sticky rice with like the Chinese sausage um. My brother always really likes the pork belly that's, like, crispy on top. I like all, you know, any dumpling or anything that's, like, crunchy, too, and fried. Yeah. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. It sounds delicious. Do you have a go-to dumpling spot?
2: Um, This one's hard to say because I know everyone likes QXY. Mm -hmm. um, But... For me, this is one of those things where it's like, I really just like my parents' dumplings. Yeah. So they the dumplings that they specialize in QXY is called jiaozi, and it's just like a boiled dumpling. I know they also do the, like, fried and, you know, s- steamed and pan fried. And they
1: do, like, the XLB.
2: Yeah. I don't... Th- I know they... I don't know. It-
1: <laughs> no, I love it. I don't want to go into a rant going. about this.
2: I'm from Shanghai, so it's like, that's where Xiaolongbao are from. Yeah, exactly. And that's, like, our specialty. And I won't... I won't say that Moon Palace has, like, the best ones. Like, ours are very good and they're flavorful, but it's it's different when you get, like, a really good one that's both really awesome and soupy, and I haven't really had one in the States like that. Actually, ex- w- except for Din Tai Fung, which I know is a chain, but their are Long Bar are very good.
1: And then, but for you now, like, if someone were to get them for Moon Palace takeout, are they still, like, you still probably have to eat them pretty fast, no?
2: Yes, I mean, it's hard because now they're takeout, so they're definitely not as good as they were dine-in. But I do, like, I wouldn't not recommend ours. I love the flavor of ours. I just know they're not as soupy as they could be. That's a good (laughs) question.
0: How long does the soupy consistency last? Well, the soup would stay, but it's like the... The ra- like yeah the it's the ra- it's yeah, the, the wrapper
2: wrap. starts exactly. to like kind of D
0: deteriorate yeah
2: so that when you pick it up it kind of falls apart and all mm-hmm. the liquid comes out
0: yeah
1: so do that's you, are you the like problem. the bite off the top put in like the ginger and black vinegar situation
2: yeah i like yeah i like to do that i like to bite off the top and then sometimes i'll just suck out the soup and then pour some black vinegar in
0: yeah it's the best that's a pro tip uh, yeah. it's, i mean it's like the classic way right yeah so with such a high concentration of restaurants in chinatown is it competitive like do do people get along is it
2: um i def like this is something i'm still learning about especially from my parents who've you know been more integrated into it there's definitely you know i think a few people who kind of are invested in it's it's a very small neighborhood and it's a small community and there's a few people at the top that are kind of invested in in a lot of things, um, and then like I'd like to say like oh no it's not competitive everyone gets along but I don't really know I'm kind of actually a newcomer to the to the whole scene mm-hmm. I I have to imagine it's actually pretty competitive.
1: But have you received any like hostility from?
2: Oh, my God, yes. And from one place in particular, I won't name them. But it's um, a new, a newer place that um, they're not even technically in Chinatown. Do you guys know the 88 Marketplace? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a new giant Asian Chinese grocery store that's on, like, Jefferson and 18th. Hmm. Um, and they have, like, you know, food courts inside and, like, bubble tea places and stuff. Um, but we, I noticed we started getting, like, one-star reviews, and they would be very, like, Strangely worded as if someone wrote something in a different language and then put it into Google Translate. Yeah, so it no. was just kind of like, you know, it just didn't sound right. And they were things that didn't really make sense. And all the names were very like American sounding names, but had like, you know, broken English, you know, yeah. reviews. And so I started like kind of in sleuthing and I would like click the person and look at their review history and it would be like negative reviews for everywhere in Chinatown. And then Mm. glowing reviews for this one place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. And then
2: like a few other things they would like, you know, give five stars to like a random hotel or something. I think just to make it seem like it was a legit account. Mm. And then so once we figured out who it was, my brother actually got involved too and like confronted them. He like called them and the person who had answered the phone was like very, very nervous. My brother pretended to be from Google.
0: Oh, and they whoa. were like,
2: oh, um, yes, like, oh, so, like, we have the accounts, like, blah, blah, blah. And my brother was like, what do you mean? You guys are making fake accounts. And he, like, started up. He was like, no, um, uh, here's, here's our manager's name or something. And, like, just kind of, like, hung what? up on my brother. Then they blocked his number. Oh, it was, like, really wow. crazy. And then we started st- speaking with some other people in Chinatown. And there's, like, I think... Back to, sorry, real quick to backtrack. I think there's definitely some more sense of community and camaraderie amongst, like, the younger generation, like, people, like, around our age. I think it's, there's definitely more camaraderie and, like... Like, some of the newer places that have opened. So, anyways, with a few of the people we were talking, they were like, yeah, when we first opened, too, it was the same thing. They start, you know, and we knew it was them. It was very obvious. And they tried to confront them, too. And they just, like, were lying to their faces. Oh, man. What's their deal? I don't know. That's <laughs> so
1: petty and savage. Yes.
2: And it's just, like, why bring the whole neighborhood yeah, down awful. like that? It was just, like, I understand if you want to make fake accounts and give yourself you know nice reviews whatever but to just go around and give a bunch of businesses in chinatown bad reviews is there any
0: recourse is there anything you can do to address those Um, other than other than encourage people to give you real reviews
2: uh not really i think google isn't at that point yet we're like i know with yelp if you kind of report something they're pretty good about you know investigating it um google i don't think is at that point yet like we've tried to report them and they always just say like, we don't see anything wrong with this and they won't take it down. But
1: yeah, it sounds like there needs to be like an investigation into these people and like all the negative, like it seems like a much bigger thing because independently if you're like, there's this one review has like broken English seems suspicious. They're like, uh, like taken by itself they don't yeah. know mm-hmm. but if they like saw the whole picture I feel yeah like, they'd like be... i
2: wish i could be like well look at this one and this <laughs> yeah exactly you gotta yeah, like I give them the whole they... list i think it's because yelp is like that's their whole thing it's reviews and google's like well this is one tiny branch of stuff that we do but i feel like everyone uses google reviews now because you just not that i don't think people actually really read the reviews i think people just look for stuff on the map and then see the star rating yeah yeah And I think that's the bad thing. It's like, it doesn't matter what they say in the review. It's just having the one star brings the whole thing down. Yeah. The averages get messed
1: up. Yeah. That's such.
2: But so far, that's the only like real hostility we've received, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't continue. It sounds like they did it to other people and then I'm assuming they stopped.
2: Yeah. So far we haven't gotten another one. I think maybe I feel like it, maybe if you confront them, they're like, "Okay, we'll stop." That's
1: <laughs> just insane. I mean, yeah.
2: yeah, it's it's just really crazy because we it's like we know it's you, and you're making it very obvious that it's you.
0: Yeah, and you're making us have to address it. Yeah, which is yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh. Well, anyway, sorry you're dealing with that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah,
0: not great. So, how long have you guys lived in Pilsen now?
2: Um, I think about three or four years. Okay, almost, and it, so. I
0: feel like it's changed a lot in that period. It's been. I think the gentrification of Pilsen has been going on for a while, and I think there's some pushback early on, but now it seems that it's kind of leveled off. Have you?
2: Yeah, I definitely feel like it's leveled off a little bit. Um, I think the neighbor, like the actual community, I feel like is becoming more active in actually stopping it or you know trying against it. Um, we don't actually live in like the heart of Pilsen; we kind of live on the border in between Pilsen and Chinatown. Mm-hmm. So on like a day-to-day basis, we're not really like walking around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um,
0: when you're going out in Pilsen, what are your spots?
2: We actually do not really go out that much in Pilsen. And it's not that we don't like Pilsen. It's just we don't go out a lot in general anymore right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're running a new place. Yeah, yeah but
2: even before that, I feel like, you know, pandemic, it's like it was just hard to go out. Yeah. Um, but what do I like in Pilsen? I feel like if we're going there, it's mostly just to, like, eat.
1: Where are you eating?
2: I like tacos from Maribel, but it's, like, a grocery store, so it's not like you're really hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also, too, if we're going to shows at Thalia, I feel like that's the main reason we're at in Pilsen.
0: Yeah. Cinco so, Rabanitos, you've been there? Oh, Yeah. It's a good one. We
2: love Rabinitos. Um Yeah, their food's really good.
1: Tim's Just... favorite pork place that always runs out of pork before he gets there. Oh, Don Pedro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: PD <laughs> Carnitas. Mm-hmm.
1: Every time I go there, they're out of Carnitas. <laughs> <It's gonna> go <laughs> earlier. What about Urupan? I mean, I like their I Carnitas. I haven't been to in a long time. Yeah.
2: Um, there's a tamale place called Evelina's. Yeah, Evelina's like a... oh, amazing. It's so good. I, that you also have to go there early for
1: yeah my brother-in-law does the tacos and tamales fest and Evelina's is always there and that's oh, where i first so had them good. so good
0: high uh, sue some love for high sue yeah high sue very I solid haven't Been
2: there in a long time
0: yeah we were kind of there recently it's delicious me and you no, not me and you. But... I was gonna say?
1: <laughs> I
2: also really like Tim cafe jumping. Tim was too much bean. glue. Or not?
0: Yeah, You <laughs> <laughs> didn't remember the meal at you, all. Have you noticed? Is there like a gentrification going on? Are are like non Chinese places opening up in Chinatown, or is it still kind of?
2: Um, it's rare, I will say. Yeah. I d- like. I think a lot of times people like to compare Chinatown to Pilsen, which I mean it makes sense. Like geographically, they're you know kind of similar, but I don't. See that happening to Chinatown at least not in the near future and a big reason for that is that a lot of Chinese people still own the buildings and Mm -hmm. they are very like keen on just holding on to them and a lot of times it's like passed down from families and they it's rare that they'll kind of sell them or rent them out Um, so it's really hard to get into Chinatown as a business owner if you're not Chinese or, you know, have family or, you know, something like that. Or if that. you're not Joe. Yeah, if you're not Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically he's part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese by he, association. He, he's got a hookup. Yeah, that's right, he has <laughs> a hookup for sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily see that happening. Like, for example, the person, we don't own our building, we rent. And the person who, like our landlord, his uncle and family... Well, I mean, I don't know if his uncle's still alive, but his, his family probably owns like half of Chinatown, like something. It's oh, like wow. his uncle, his dad or his brothers or whatever, something mm. they probably all together own like half of Chinatown. Wow! So pretty sweet. it's pretty, yeah. I think and every
0: neighborhood's got that.
2: The one guy. Kind of going, that, yeah. yeah.
0: The guy that has half of everything. Yeah. Hmm such a crazy thing to think about, like, that much real
1: estate in one concentrated place. It just seems
2: like too much work. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's a lot to manage.
2: But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff opening up, and it's cool that it's, you know, all Chinese or Asian.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from your time at Asteria, I guess, how long were you there? Six years. Six years. that Did you open? Yep. Oh, wow. So that must have been hard to leave.
2: It was very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I cried a lot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Asteria is going through kind of a, not a renaissance, but they're expanding.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy to see. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. Like, I wonder if, well, I feel like um, Asterio has a huge crowd of people from, like, Pilsen. But I wonder if, like, okay, now there's a a new Asterio. Are you going to go to the one that's closer to your house, or are you going to go... Yeah. To the one that you have always been going to. That's what I'm curious about because I know so many people love a stereo. I want to know what they're going to do. Are you is the new one going to be all new clientele or are people going
0: to Yeah. I, when Parsons started expanding, I was like who's going to go to the one yeah. on Armitage? Armitage is still the hardest <laughs> one to get into. Yeah. Uh, we live the closest OG. to the West Town one and you can get a table. It's nice. Yeah.
1: Um so like you were with Ruble, I guess if you were opening a stereo like who among the people you've worked for like would you say had the biggest influence on your bartending career or no one
2: um I don't know one thing that I kind of learned early on in bartending and I don't know if this is like cuz I'm a woman or what but I just felt like I should stop trying to find like a quote-unquote like mentor, or like yeah. stop trying to um, rely on someone to to learn a lot from, and it was just kind of like, I guess I'll just learn this yeah. on my own. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it's more so that I'm a woman, or if it's just that like that's kind of how I am, anyways. Like in school too, I was very much like I'm gonna learn this on my own. Um, I don't know if there's like anyone I can really pinpoint um, learning. A lot from i it it is kind of funny to say when i first started working with joe um i would watch him a lot and i i think i actually did learn a lot from joe more i mean more on like the spirit side and stuff but one thing that i really learned from watching joe when we first started working was just how to work fast Mm -hmm. and that's like so important to me i think for us we like we like to make good drinks but at the same time we understand that that's just a part of your experience you come for more than just the drink you come for the food you come for the vibe the everything yeah and the faster that we can get something in someone's hand the less time they're just kind of looking around or like waiting for that part of the experience so just being fast and efficient is important to both of us but that's one thing i actually definitely learned from joe <laughs>
0: Yeah, here's a question for both of you guys. What makes a good bartender? Yeah. What traits? I think having to
1: do all of the above simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. Like being efficient and hospitable. Um knowledgeable is like, I mean, relatively important, but yeah, I think it's more just like about how you're treating someone and how efficient you work. Uh not being like super scattered and just kind of like having that presence.
2: Yeah. I Like I said, I definitely put a lot of importance on efficiency, but um, I think being kind of like a chameleon is really great, like just being adaptable. Mm-hmm. I think yep. someone who can kind of work at any type of place is a really great bartender, someone that could like get by at a dive bar, but also make, you know, a great cocktail. I think is really cool yeah and a great and a great skill to have
0: another question for you guys <laughs> both of you guys how what's the best way to get a bartender's attention at a crowded bar and what's a thing to not do when you're trying to get a bartender's attention
2: should we start with the things not to do yeah i mean sure. it's
0: like <laughs> it's probably <laughs> saying more fun. like hey like shout like if Any you're in the shouting, middle of yeah,
2: yeah shouting
1: at you when you're in the middle of talking to another guest um, just not being like sensitive to the. Anything situation. you wouldn't do to your mother. <laughs> yeah, like that's snapping, a good rule of thumb. Yeah, touching is not <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, grabbing. <laughs> yeah, drinking from the syrup bottles yeah. or the bitter I bottles. had
2: someone pull my hair one time.
0: No. Oh my to get God. your attention? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's insane. And I was like, get out.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it was out of stereo, too, of course. Oh, some of the that's worst brutal. things. I mean, I loved working there, but some of the worst things happened to me there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell us. Too. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, hair Well, pulls definitely, rough. yeah. Someone pulled my hair one time this guy very upset about gentrification started like yelling at me about he called me a culture vulture and i was like dude i'm i'm like asian like i don't even <laughs> like i don't own this bar yeah. i just work here um i definitely get a lot of weird like asian stuff i feel like that was a big thing just like like what are you or like yeah, just, yeah. that kind of stuff but ignorant um stuff a lot of people would like I don't know. Want to fight with me <laughs> <What>? <laughs> about like getting you know? And I think I think I'm very very fast. Like that is one thing I know about myself. I'm I'm fast. And I would be like working as fast as I possibly could. And people would be like, "Why am I waiting so long?" And I'm like, "Dude, look, I literally have like my section is 50 people <laughs> like yeah. right now. Could you just wait? Like it's like I saw you walk in. I know you haven't been waiting that long.
0: Yeah, people are oblivious. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, definitely no yelling, no hair pulling, no touching. So yeah, just,
0: best yeah. thing, just make polite eye contact. Yeah, I think patient, being yeah, your polite. Turn. What about, what about noticed... waving cash? Is that a good one? <laughs> yeah, no. Only no if wrong. you hit me in the face with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Only if you wrap the cash around a strand of my hair and pull on it. <laughs>
2: um, no, I think, I think we definitely notice the patient people because I'm very often scanning the room. Yeah, and anyone I mean, I've noticed that's just standing there, looking like a normal human. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to prioritize that person. I can't speak for everyone. But one other thing that I've definitely noticed is just kind of being like polite, patient, and quiet like that. But then on top of that, I've had people do this thing where they'll like either start a tab or, you know, pay cash or whatever and just like right off the bat, it's like, here's a 20. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to remember. Like, you know, that I'll remember.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think also like knowing not necessarily having your drink order if you're unfamiliar with the menu or what the capabilities of the bartenders are, but at least being able to communicate what you'd like to the bar person when they come up to you and they're like, all right, what can I do for you this evening or whatever. And if you're just like, Uh, and it's busy it's so infuriating because you're trying to like fulfill so many different orders
2: that's the worst I don't understand why people do this they flag you down but don't don't, they're not ready it's so common it'll be like a group of people and they'll flag you down and I'm like okay what can I get you guys and they're just like "Uh."
1: yeah the one turns to the rest of the group and is like
0: what did you guys want and they're all like like, we have no idea yeah you've
2: been waiting so long and you couldn't figure this out
0: yeah yeah they're too focused on getting the order in and they don't know what the order is yeah exactly that's a very that's a pet peeve for
1: sure
2: another thing the starting closing tabs if you're if you're gonna close out every single round yeah i'm gonna put you lower on the priority yeah (laughs) just because it's it's gonna slow everything right it's extra work yeah yeah.
0: for nothing yeah yeah have Uh, you had to kick people out of the bars like what what would get what would make lily kick you out of the bar other um, than pulling hair, maybe. falling asleep on the bar top.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like any sort of falling asleep, any sort of like you know trying to argue with stuff. Luckily, we haven't had to kick anyone out of Nine Bar yet. Um, but Esterio, it was a pretty frequent
0: well Danny will be at nine bar on friday you can, yeah. you can give him the boot that's right
2: well what about you when i see you huffing glue in the bathroom that's an automatic <laughs> <Yeah.
0: kick-out. laughs> i love the huffing glue
1: yeah. tim joke that's a, a very that's like, a very Charlie dangerous film. rumor to start yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: i hope no, this continues to the rest came of the to nine podcast. Bar i saw
2: him huffing glue that
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, was definitely him he had a name tag on yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the he,
2: ba- all... he wrote glue on the bag <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, like, took a marker and wrote yeah. glue <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Yeah, he's all stock apparel. <laughs>
0: Classic. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. Gratuity round. Just standard questions we ask everybody. Nothing to be nervous about yeah i i'm i'm nervous to ask starting out what's your death row meal
2: oh i love talking about this okay there's a burger from this place in la it's called and i i would be so sad if they closed or something it's called burgers never say die i think and it started i think in the pandemic it was like a guy making burgers from his backyard and for me i really really love burgers but it's my it's it's I'm not going to say it's like the best burger in the world, but it's my perfect burger Yeah. because it's a very like simple smash burger, but it tastes like McDonald's, Mm. just better. And I like, you know, I love McDonald's, but it's, for me, it's my perfect burger.
0: That's great. And I
2: think about it every single time and every time, like I think about it all the time, sorry. And every time I've had it, I've never been like... Oh, it's not as good as I remember. Oh man, like, this does look good. I'm like, oh, this is actually better than the last time I had Smash it.
0: Smash burger. Yeah, it's that's it's awesome. like but...
2: I feel like it doesn't like photograph well. I don't know. It's just this. It's the simplest burger. But when I had it, I was like, okay, this is my. My perfect burger well
1: that brings me to something that i meant to ask during the the main interview which is how was the pop-up with chicago secret burger
2: oh it was crazy there were so many people
1: that <laughs> guy or whoever gets so much attention that
2: secret person i still yeah, haven't had burger. it that burger i haven't amazing. either because it's
1: always like a huge pain to get it. yeah we gotta it's Make like it tag 17 yeah. friends and then yeah do this. i'm like so, dude i'm not doing that because
2: no. he normally does raffle style we were really pushing for him to do sorry them we were yeah <laughs> uh-oh Is it Banksy? No, it's it's a guy. (laughs) We were pushing him to, you know, try the the first come first serve route. And I think it was, you know, there's benefits to both, obviously. But it was kind of cool to hear people say that, like, oh, even though I had to wait a long time, it was really great to finally get to try it cuz they were like there's no other way I would have been able to cuz when he does do the raffles it's like you look at the comments it's like 2000 comments. Yeah. Um
1: It is nuts. I mean, I'm always yeah, like But yeah, it was it was away.
2: really crazy and everyone like people were calling my parents like what's going on there? Why is this <laughs> happening? Cuz the line was like down down to the end of the street. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw and, the pictures it looked like yeah. a sneaker
0: release. How many it,
1: did you get to crush?
2: Um we I had a quarter of one in the beginning of the shift and then at the end of the night joe and i split one but it was the best time i had had it i've had it a couple times in this it oh was... how'd
1: you get it the other times you know this person
2: um we i think it's kind of because we started our pop-ups around the same time oh, and cool. he, he happens to live near us There's a kinship so yeah uh. that and we ended up becoming friends so um but yeah it was really good it was also like Kind of crazy because, you know, there was a set number of burgers. I went through the line with a clicker and I was like, hey, this is...
1: The last person that's going to get a burger. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, other than the man. one joe
1: and i are going to split later yeah. well, what did the person we behind set that aside person at the say? end of
2: the night we did a sandwich swap for staff Nice. well so i i mean yes they were mad i was like huh. okay this is where it ends but at least
1: they knew i mean that's yeah it's that's better nice than to waiting yeah. yeah and
2: this was at like 6 30 it started yeah. at 6 so people weren't waiting that long no, we knew fine. right away i was like here this is where it's gonna end yeah. and you know i saw a couple of people leave and then like maybe an hour or two later One of our staff went out there just to kind of, like, take a look. And he was like, I think there's more people than there are burgers. And I was like, no, that's not possible. I already, you know, cut off the line or whatever. And I went out there and I, like, counted again. And there was, like, another hundred people that just appeared. And I think maybe the last people either didn't say anything or what. So I went and I I found the people that I had cut off last time. And I was like, hey, don't, like, didn't I tell you? And they were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. You're like, so, well, you're just
1: gonna waste your yeah, time. Yeah, so I was like, why
2: are you still here, here still? Yeah. And they were like, um, well, we didn't. We thought there'd be more. <laughs>
1: I was like, why? <laughs> you're would, like, I just told you. Yeah. What?
2: And then some people were like, well, we thought other people would leave. And I was like, well, did you see anyone leave? And they're like, no.
1: Oh my god. And I was
2: like, well, why are you guys waiting? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: they're like, we're gonna follow him back to his place. And so I was just <laughs>
2: like, okay, well. Sorry, but you guys have to yeah. like I mean you can stay here, but you're not getting a burger and then everyone was like, Okay, bye.
1: Is he gonna do his own thing eventually? Like a brick and mortar?
2: Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I haven't I don't know what's we I, should do
0: an interview and keep the that, person yeah. secret. He has to wear our do burger the voice at, modulator yeah, thing over there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite scary
1: <laughs> movie? <laughs> um classic. I'm
2: not sure, yeah. That's I mean, cool though. It's definitely I will let you know he's not uh, a restaurant person like this is definitely like a side yeah. project for him and this is his first kind of endeavor in that world
1: that's very cool it's, well we wish him continued success yes
2: i think i think just by the other day yeah <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's not yeah it's not falling <laughs> yeah.
1: off anytime soon
2: sorry back to the burger that the, i was talking yeah. about burgers <laughs> never <laughs> say die that, yeah. the best burger i've had personally wow I burger, got, burger and fries yeah i get burger fries and it has, it has to be like either a Dr. Pepper or like a root beer or something like that. I used like to cook. be
1: Mr. Pibs at In and Out oh, as yeah, a kid all the good. time. Um, and yeah, Dr. whatever it was. But yeah.
2: Wait, how big is this meal? Is it like a one thing or You I can keep going. Multiple firing? courses. Okay.
1: What else you got? <laughs>
2: <laughs> My dad's pork belly that I was saying um, earlier. Throwback. Yeah. Okay.
1: Your mom's radish and uh, <laughs> yeah. and was it edamame? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and then probably some kind of. Fried chicken, but I don't know what yet. I haven't decided. Yeah.
1: The split rail fried chicken is actually, I mean, not ac- actually. It is, yeah, it is. It's just quite good. Like, I didn't know what to expect, but when I went and had it, I was like, this is an amazing
2: fried chicken. Yeah. And then maybe something, well, okay, it could be fried chicken or it could be like buffalo wings, but something like that. Yeah. And then something like mac and cheesy, something cheesy.
0: Yeah. What's the best wing in the city?
2: I I don't know if I have one. Okay. I'm not like super picky. I like, I just like a buffalo wing, like anything yeah. with we're buffalo fun. sauce. I'm like, okay, I mean, that's Great Sea is
0: a pretty good wing. Which one? Great C. But that's like an Asian yeah. wing. Yeah. It's not like a classic yeah. wing, I guess. PST had really good wings.
2: Were they buffalo?
0: RIP. Yeah, RIP. They were Asian inspired.
2: Oh. I don't, I can't go the Asian route with wings. I, yeah. It has to be buffalo for me. I feel like
0: it's a common thing. <laughs> it is. Asian it's super wing. common.
2: Yeah. yeah. And everyone loves it, but I'm just like, no, I want buffalo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, what's your favorite restaurant that you've been to recently? I know you said you don't go out much now, you're busy at the bar, but what's have you been oh, anywhere no. new?
2: Oh, no, I always get I feel like whenever I get asked this, I'm like on the spot.
0: I know people are like, Where should I go? I'm like, Well, I don't, yeah, you I, I, say, I guess yeah. I'm going out more now, yeah.
2: Can I come back to this sure. think on yeah. it while we're waiting?
0: All right, here's <laughs> one that's kind of the same, but favorite old school restaurant. Oh. Don't say Moon
2: Palace. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have dine-in anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really like Club Lucky. I feel like yeah, that's, that's a great answer. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, just getting a martini there and like a big plate of pasta is good. Yeah, yeah I feel like the, b-
0: this question should just change into what's your favorite italian restaurant everybody <laughs> yeah. goes like oh, well like that's like okay. when you say old school that evokes like... bruna's yeah. was one okay
2: you know, what, what about are... bob chins
1: yeah i've never I haven't been, to been bob in chin's. a long time but i haven't either i it would love to go i had a a Mai Tai like a packaged Mai Tai from oh, them yeah. from forever ago that friends brought back i don't think i ever <laughs> ended up drinking <laughs> it was like the package oh, mix
2: yeah when we were i mean i actually i don't think i've ever had a Mai Tai from there because i used to always go as a kid i haven't been recently but for for my family, it was always, like, we're for celebrating something, Bob Chins. Yeah, we Someone's should do birthday that, Birthday yeah. Bob birthday,
0: Cool. All right. I mean, this may be redundant as well, but favorite fast food restaurant? <laughs> That's well, going to be a yeah. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, These are all just me mining tips and <laughs> places to go. That's mostly okay, what gratuity round the is. the only...
2: Okay, there's probably only... F- maybe... Mm, okay. <laughs> This is hard. McDonald's, I feel like, is just the classic. It's, like, very consistent. It is. Um, And what's your order there? Okay, if I'm going to McDonald's, it's just a McDouble and maybe some Nugs. But it's usually just a McDouble. If I'm going to Wendy's, it's always just a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger and maybe some Nugs. Um, If I'm going to Taco Bell... Okay, I'm just listing my favorite fast foods and, that. The,
1: the, Go and, and then the
2: only things I'll get from there. I'll also McDonald's. I get the breakfast. I'll get McMuffins if it's morning. Okay. Um, Taco Bell. I only get a chicken quesadilla and a Doritos Locos Taco Supreme. And then occasionally I'll get a wild card item, but I never get more than three things.
0: You can't. The rule, yeah. and this is very important and Danny knows it, <laughs> never get full on Taco Bell.
2: Just get comfortable. Have a comfortable snack.
0: Stop eating when you're still hungry, and you'll <laughs> never have a problem. People who get sick on Taco Bell, it's because they get full. You got to. You have to have <laughs> yes, the restraint and know this. when to stop. Very adamant. I am. This. I've been preaching this, this and for types years. Types Tim knows a lot.
2: About. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, I kind of have an iron stomach, so I've never been. Yeah.
0: Don't. In I'm that usually no, like not like immune that. to this. You need to stop. When well, you're I don't hungry. know. I
2: had White Castle last night, and I had like eight sliders. so yeah, damn, that's pretty I feel good. Fine.
0: What was the record? Twenty yeah, one. Twenty Ronnie 21. was that Ronnie's dad? Yeah, Ronnie's dad had
1: he ate eighteen and his uh, the friend dad's friend ate 21
2: okay that's a lot yeah um i i don't especially love white castle but for some reason people like now know me as this like white castle person so anytime like for my birthday i had like three different people send me crave cases and then wow, my last whoa. day at stereo i got castles? like that's insane. I, well i shared with everybody I didn't <laughs> eat. but at my last day at a stereo i had two separate people send me crave cases and i got one last night and yeah. I just keep getting seems like you are cases. the white castle yeah. you need
0: to be sponsored yeah. that's
2: okay that's what i said and i heard there's some kind of white castle hall of fame i actually have to i meant to google that this morning you can apply for the white castle hall of fame and they fly you out to columbus oh <laughs> wow man. And i think there's like a whole thing so i'm gonna look into yeah, it
1: yeah let's
0: look into that i'm gonna send yeah. them
2: all my pictures with my crave cases get right in there
0: too all right if you weren't running a bar what would you be doing
2: like for money or just I guess <laughs> like
0: yeah for a career or whatever.
2: Yeah. Um I think about this one a lot and I have no idea and I think that's kind of why I've stuck myself in this. I think growing up my parents were very much so like don't get involved in restaurants or yeah. s- stay far away. And I think it's kind of funny that two out of their three kids ended up working Wait, in restaurants. Wait, there's a third? Yes, we have a third brother and he's in some insurance or something i don't even really know no, no one knows he's don't not have, gonna listen yeah to this don't episode let him me. listen to this episode <laughs> um yeah we have a third brother he's definitely the one that you know has his head on his shoulders he's also the oldest um is he in chicago no he lives in la now but he was in chicago up until like about four years ago. Okay. He just and went he knew out that and... you needed
1: a new burger craving. <laughs> yeah. So he moved out.
2: Yeah. I made him try that burger too. And he said, it's pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty like his good. highest recommended. Yeah. Glowing, glowing <laughs> remark. Pretty good. Uh, what's your go-to cocktail order?
2: Um, depends on the place. Um, if I'm looking at like a cocktail menu and I want to try something on the menu, anything that's citrusy, either gin or agave or something.
0: Okay. Cool. Are there any unsung spirits that you like either putting on a menu or you think maybe don't have the appreciation that they should?
2: Um, Right now, I really like working with soju and shochu, and I think it's just a great way to kind of make some lower ABV cocktails so you can have a few and not get wasted.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. Good answer.
2: Um, But... Other than that, no, I feel like a lot of things are getting equally highlighted. I feel like anytime there's like a new thing on the market, it's always like a million people are trying to like you know work it in mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's kind of like alogue right now. I feel like everyone has it on the menu some yeah. somehow
2: we've definitely been um so our friend Gio used to I don't know if she still works with them I think she does, but we used to um. I think like very early on when we started doing stuff, we were always trying to work it in. One to like work with her, but also, it's good stuff that's made locally. So yeah, why that's not? in
0: your Mai Tai, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. we use the, um, the persimmon. The persimmon in lieu of like an orange or something. I've got like a, a cool. bottle of
0: the persimmon at home. I need really to. Good. Yeah, the use best a lot thing of that the they made was the
2: paw but it's yeah. discontinued. That stuff was so so good.
0: Yeah. All right, the last question here. Something that bars or restaurants do that annoy you. Not the patrons. The bars or restaurants. She's thinking deeply.
2: I feel like, you know, one of the, the curses of being in the restaurant or hospitality industry is that sometimes you can't go somewhere without turning it off. Yeah. And you can't like... um not watch every single thing that they're Mm. doing and get mad (laughs) so um, like I think I I don't know if I could maybe pinpoint one thing but it's just like when you're kind of the all-encompassing it's like when they're just doing stuff that doesn't make sense or like like I said I'm huge like on efficiency so if I just notice everyone doing stuff and it's like it seems like they're making themselves work harder for no reason mm-hmm. that's like a big pet peeve um
0: that's the nicest answer we've gotten so far
2: yeah what are some other what are other uh, menu, tours,
0: Zoe Shore oh. menu tours so oh, we sure it was against menu tours that's very um, specific mm-hmm. qr yeah. codes
2: oh no that's kind of stuff doesn't really uh bother flare me. behind the bar oh well of course <laughs> that was yeah. that was, was that charles, charles Jolie. <laughs> it
0: was more like people
1: it wasn't necessarily flair it was oh no his
0: was like TikTok trends it, yeah people it was, was that doing... bartenders
1: were incorporating techniques they didn't really know anything about right they had just seen specific. them and so they were like yeah going just through the motions doing it, like i see doing like a japanese heart shake but not understanding like why or and something for like that tracy
0: in wisconsin what's a Japanese.
1: i mean shake. you have to i would refer you to youtube to look up <laughs> japanese heart shakes it's not really easy to explain it's something you gotta kind of see no
2: just start doing the motion and then <laughs> yeah you, you do yeah. the motion and then you yeah yeah it. No. <laughs> for the listeners. that does sound <laughs> like I'm gonna,
1: need, I'm gonna need more glue
0: for that <laughs> we'll, we'll it in our intro <laughs> yeah. all right well lily wang that's a wrap on our questions yeah. thank yeah. you so much for coming in i, I don't know if you want to go favorite.
2: back to your restaurant no i can't yeah. think of it's too all much right. pressure. oh yeah right now.
0: No, we'll uh, we'll put it in the Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, if
2: I think of it, I'll just have to text you.
0: All right, cool. sweet. Well, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me. This yeah. was fun.
0: And that concludes our conversation with Lily Wang of Moon Palace and Nine Bar. Be sure to check out our Instagram at JoinersPod for additional content, including throwback photos and weekly cocktail recipes based on our guest preferences. Joiners Podcast is
1: mixed by Matt Haddock, music by Captain Cuts. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.